0: Hello friends, this is David White, popping in at the front of this episode really quick to tell you if you like the character of Torchbearer, you could pledge $5 over on our Patreon, which helps our show out a lot, but also gives you access to the giant-sized Torchbearer Issue Zero, where I talk with the player uh, of Torchbearer, and we talk about goals, powers, origin, uh, backstory, all of that good, good stuff. So if you want more information on Torchbearer, head over to our Patreon and pledge just $5 a month to get that giant-sized issue. However you choose to enjoy this episode, I do hope that you enjoy it. Hello, friends.
1: This is Phil Montgomery, and you're listening to Tales to Inspire.
0: As we open up this issue of Torchbearer Number Zero, uh, the first panel has a uh, a bar front, and open the corner, we see a little yellow box that says August 25th, 1939, Gritty's Bar, Philadelphia, uh, and. We see a few people on the street walking back and forth, uh, and then uh, we see another panel with somebody walking in through the front door of Gritty's bar. Phil, could you describe what does this person look like?
1: You see them kind of wearing a, a trench coat and a little bit of a rain speckled on their shoulders. He takes off a kind of cabbie hat, runs his hand through, blonde hair, He's got these piercing green eyes. just kind of looks around. He's never really been in here before. Uh, He's only heard stories about it. Heard it was a nice place for a a cop to come and get a drink if he wanted it.
0: Okay. And I think, uh, Grant, you see a, a stool at the end of the bar that you could go to. And as you're walking by... Uh, we see different men lined up on the bar ordering their drinks, uh, a bartender with like the, the white smock cleaning a dish, uh, with the edge of the smock. And they are all looking at a radio that's set up in the corner. Uh, and we can see like the little squawky text box coming up, uh, out of the the radio to Nazi Germany. Hitler's self-proclaimed symbol of Aryan supremacy, the Übermensch walks down the Elysees with German troops in tow, flaunting their superiority in front of the overrun population of Paris, France. This reporter has to wonder if Great Britain will be the next country to fall to the Führer of the Third Reich and the goose-stomping boots of the Übermensch. Thank God that we here in the United States are safe and uninvolved with this overseas conflict. And so you hear that report uh, coming out of the radio, and somebody over in the corner says, Hey, turn that off! And the bartender reaches over and turns the radio down just as you were sitting down in your stool. Bartender walks over to you and says, I haven't seen you around here before. What's your name? Um, I'm Grant. Grant Godwin. Uh, it's my first time i well, I'm happy to serve you. what you need um, I, I don't really know. Uh, can I get a cranberry juice he there's a panel of the bartender just looking at you with no text bubble and like a curious look on his face and the next panel has him in that same pose with a smile on his face it says, "Sure, bud. cranberry juice coming right up." And he disappears uh, and as you're sitting there waiting for your cranberry juice uh, we see another figure walk into the panel with you and sit down next to you she has a very wide brim hat uh, with a feather coming out of it uh, she is tall broad shoulders but you can't really tell is that her shoulders is it the outfit that she's wearing uh, but she pulls up a stool right next to grant uh, and she looks at you and leans on the bar and orders a drink herself. And as she looks at you she says Why so glum?
1: It's been a rough day. Seems like the world's going all kinds of crazy doesn't
0: it? The uh, bartender walks back with your cranberry juice puts it down in front of you puts down a whiskey sour in front of her and uh, She takes a sip, and or she picks it up, and we we don't see this woman's face yet. We see, like, the bottom half of her uh, face, and we see, like, red lipstick, and she holds the the glass up to her lips, and she says, Some might say the world's been going crazy for a long time. She takes a sip.
1: They'd be right. And Grant takes a sip of his cranberry juice. Uh, Just hard being a cop these days. I just always feel like I'm running around putting out fires.
0: What's so bad about putting out fires? It's just that somebody gets hurt.
1: Somebody gets murdered. We get called to the scene and it's it's our job to find out who did it. Something gets stolen. Something gets broken. We get called to the scene to find out who's responsible. And it just feels like day after day, night after night, we're just reacting. And it's not actually helping anybody. I'm sure we we catch the occasional murderer, we catch the occasional vandal, but I just, I wish we could stop these things before they happen, before somebody gets hurt, before something gets broken,
0: you, you know? You feel like you're just reacting, and you want to be proactive. Is that right, Grant? Yeah, uh, how do you know my name? And I think the uh, we haven't seen her face, her full face yet, and then we finally get uh, a panel with her face fully in it, uh, and she has that bright red lipstick. She has uh, curling, bouncing brown hair. She has beautiful green eyes, and then there's a yellow text box right next to her that says, Felicity Fallon, the sixth torchbearer but Felicity looks at you and says I know a great many things about you Grant and about the capacity for compassion inside of you if only you could take that compassion and spread it to the rest of this world because as the radio was just saying a moment ago seems like we could use a lot more compassion wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Felicity reaches up to her big hat with that feather, and she undoes this little pin that's pinned into the fabric there, and she slaps it down on the table in front of you. Here. Take this. As she moves her hand away, that pin is gone, what is in its place on the countertop? It's kind of a
1: a shield shape, like this golden shield. And then on the front it's kind of a, this embossed edge um and in the center of it is another embossed edging image of a what well, looks like, a, like a, an Olympic torch. It's this uh, long handle up to a um, This very ornate cup that holds like this roiling flame.
0: And she takes her hand away and you see that in front of you. What's this? It's a higher calling. A chance for you to stop being reactionary and to start being proactive. What do I have to do? Just put it on Grant. She takes the last drink of her cup, she pats you on the shoulder, uh, and as she walks out of frame, she says, I'll be watching you, Grant. In fact, I suspect the whole world will be watching you. And then this mysterious woman walks out of the bar.
1: He looks down at the shield that she's left there. Hey, I didn't catch her. She's already
0: gone. Mm -hmm. and you see like the door slightly ajar and then a panel of it shut and closed and we turn the page from those panels and uh we see a new panel that says up in the corner in that yellowed box says july 1940 liberty bell philadelphia And we see the iconic Liberty Bell surrounded by the historic district of Philadelphia. But attached to the Liberty Bell, we see wires and nodes and like little tall oblong light bulbs all flickering and going off. Uh, And we see people panicking and running around. Uh, And up on the ledge next to the Liberty Bell uh, with all of these... Machines and wires crisscrossing across him We see Daniel Duskowitz Uh, Phil, could you describe for us What does Daniel Duskowitz look like?
1: He is a very uh, Like, average height Kind of lanky uh, Very nerdy looking scientist (laughs) He's got these uh, uh, Big black rimmed glasses and he's got this kind of shock of uh crazy black hair that's kind of sticking out in all all manner of directions all mm-hmm. over his head.
0: Okay. And he's definitely wearing like oh, a full body white yes, smock, he's, he's right? Kind of
1: like a lab coat that's got yeah. burns on the sleeves a little bit and just like these different like acid burns just like looks like it's seen better days from all these experiments that he's
0: found himself concocting. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And uh, he is standing up at the Liberty Bell and screaming, yes, yes, panic, my test subjects. And he's fiddling with these levers on this huge console. Uh, And I think at that time, Torchbearer arrives. Torchbearer kind of falls from the sky and
1: lands at the foot of these steps. Duskowitz, you've gone too far
0: this time. Oh, goody, it's the torchbearer, Philadelphia's favorite son. This isn't how
1: it should be. You're driving all these people mad. Oh,
0: but I can get so much madder. But this could all end. All I want is the light for myself. If I had that, imagine the possibilities that I could unlock the scientific achievements. If only you would give it up. All you've
1: done here today, Duskowitz, is prove every reason why you should never, ever control the light.
0: I had a feeling you'd say that. And he grabs this huge red lever and pulls it all the way down, and all these conduits and wires and these light bulbs go from this light flashing to like a, almost like a blue light, or dark light, Uh, which in 1940s America has never been seen before. Uh, But it channels up from these batteries and things along the base all the way up to the Liberty Bell, and there's this resounding gong As a wave of miasma shoots out in all directions and we see this bright beautiful day the colorful houses all around the Liberty Bell get saturated in this like deep purple almost black color and it reaches out and just washes over the crowds of people in this area uh, and Torchbearer I would like for you to roll a Defy Danger roll. Uh, So go ahead and take 2d6 and add your Protect stat to it. That'd be a 13. A 13, very handedly. So this dark light washes over you and we see a panel of like these tendrils of this purplish black light eking their way towards your eyes Um, but you resist. Tell us how do you resist? This
1: wave washes over him and it threatens to overtake him as these tendrils creep up his face towards his eyes and you see a flash of light at his eyes that kind of causes these tendrils to, to shirk and to jump back from him and then from this This golden shield that he wears on his chest This light begins to emit And these tendrils just kind of Retreat from him like From all over his body As he creates this kind of shell of light around him Mm, To protect himself
0: Yeah I like that So like everything in the panel uh, Is dark and purplish But like there's this oblong shape Around Torchbearer And he's like the color that he Like should be Like his outfit is all Showing and I guess what what kind Of outfit is Torchbearer wearing what does he look like
1: He has it like His muscular figure and his blonde hair and his Green eyes and he has this um, a Kind of uniform That's kind of um, A mix and match between like What the uh, the army at the time Was wearing and what uh, The police officers at the time were He has like this very nice Like kind of trapezoidal Buttoned uh, top With these um, Like a utility belt Around his waist This gold utility belt Mm. And these um, Fatigue pants With the the gaiters Around the boots They're like a golden Yellow leather Mm. He has these Golden uh, Leather bracers Around his wrists His long sleeves And he has uh, A short cape that is tied um, like under one arm and over his right shoulder, under his left arm and over his right shoulder, mm. and it's kind of cinched in place by that golden badge.
0: Dope! I like that. It's like a, uh, an
1: old Shazam type. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like ape.
0: So yeah, so so we see Torchbearer resist the effects of this, uh, but then I think you look around and you notice the general populace is not able to resist you see those tendrils eek over their face into their eyes and the uh white of their eyes the color of their pupils or their irises turn this purplish misty color uh and they uh, like go rigid at first and then they start like screaming animalistically They start uh, grabbing property and throwing it. They start jumping on each other and pounding each other in the head. Uh, And we see Torchbearer looking at all of this. And up at the top of the bell tower, uh, Duskowitz is laughing. Yes! Yes! Destroy each other! Oh, I I must take notes. I, I have to see exactly how my test subjects react to this experiment.
1: Duskowitz, you've done it now. The light is meant to to soak the best in people. It's meant to make them better. It's meant to make them them stronger. All you've done is increase the darkness. I won't let you do this, Duskowitz.
0: Oh, I assure you, Torchbearer, it will make me stronger. And he grabs, like, a little dial and starts turning it up, and more and more waves of that miasma start shooting out from the Liberty Bell. I have to stop this machine. I can't let these people get hurt. I can't.
1: I can't let this darkness exist anymore. Rush towards this machine, kind of pulling back a fist that glows with this bright and brilliant light.
0: Yeah, let's go ahead. So, are you you're trying to smash this machine? Okay, let's roll. Let's roll a takedown. Okay. Uh, so roll 2d6 and I think you're definitely using your smash stat for this. So go ahead and roll your smash stat My goodness a six a six, okay, so I think uh, you like jump towards it your fist glowing but Duskowitz sees you coming and he like cranks that dial up even more and you're hit bodily with a wave and sent crashing back to the ground and as you do you look up and you see a crowd of these people all around you Uh, and Duskwit says yes yes my tusk subjects extinguish the light
1: and bring it to me Torchbearer kind of gets up and sees all these people surrounding him he's like no you don't have to do this you don't have to listen to him Torchbearer kind of like increases this light around him and will start kind of like these intense waves coming from this machine and just starts uh, creates a shield in front of him to try and slowly like walk forward step forward towards this machine pushing the uh, pushing the darkness back with the light
0: mm, okay uh, and I think you described it as like this barrier and I think we see the people like grabbing onto the barrier and crawling over it and pounding it with their fists uh let's roll a seize control let's roll protect okay An eight. An eight. So on a seven through nine, you get to choose one. You seize control over what was contested. You prevent yourself from ending up at a disadvantage or in harm's way, or you put your opponent at a disadvantage. I think I'll seize control. Seize control. Okay. So you're going to seize control. So go ahead and tell us. So uh, you're going to seize control of this, but uh, I am going to put you in harm's way by what you do. Uh, so think about that as you narrate how do you get to the machine?
1: He's struggling against these waves after wave of this darkness and he's pushing with all of his strength make his way up these steps towards the bell and as he gets closer the waves just hit harder and harder and it starts deteriorating his light and the, the light and the barrier start to shrink but he finally gets up there but he has no protection and so he's right there with the bell but all the people are able to like kind of get at him now he has no more protection
0: yeah yeah I think uh, you're right there next to the bell all these people are piling on top of you tearing at your cloak and uh, your skin and go ahead and roll a defy danger uh, with your protect step. 10 a 10 alright so they are tearing at you and trying to pull you back down, but you stand strong. You take no stress from this. Uh, and you're right there next to Duskowitz's machine. Duskowitz's machine. You have succeeded on getting there. How do you destroy it?
1: We see Torchbearer like push himself up and like create this new barrier of light to kind of shield himself from all these people trying to tear at him and push them away a little bit so he has like this kind of a free moment with the machine and I want to say that he grabs the bottom of it and will start trying to, to uproot it and fly it upwards mm. just to try and um, tear, the, tear it away from these uh, dials and batteries and these other uh, gadgets that Duskowitz is attached to him.
0: Yeah. And you grab it, and like you said, you you shoot up towards the sky, and all those wires and tubes and conduits pull tight. uh, And Duskowitz screams out, No, no! And he jumps from the tower to grab, like, uh, a wire and, like, in a completely boneheaded move, try to keep you, the torchbearer, from carrying it up. Uh, And he, like, fumbles and misses. Uh, but as he does, he hits one of those bulbs, and it shatters, and this, uh, dark light miasma shoots out of it along with the glass, and we just see Duskowitz holding his face and screaming, my eye! My eye! And he gets tangled up in these, uh, wires, and just kind of like, uh, doesn't fall all the way down to the ground, but just, uh, slumps down and is left swinging from the top of the bell, how- bell tower upside down with the cords all around him. But Torchbearer, you have the machine and you fly it up, up, up into the atmosphere uh, and then what do you do with it?
1: In a very comic comic <laughs> yes. way of trying to uh, reverse the damage that Duskowitz has done to these people mm-hmm. and the influence he's had on this area, I want torchbearer to be kind of like in like holding the the bell up with one hand and then create like this light barrier and smash smash the bell in a way that it rings out over everything again but this time it's just it's waves of light Mm. and it's kind of washing away this dark miasma these tendrils that have attached themselves to the people in the causing them to panic
0: i like that yeah you you hit the liberty bell and with another resounding gong waves of light shoot out restoring the color uh to the scene and to the houses and to the people below uh and we see those uh tines of darkness fall away from their face uh their eyes are normal again and then we turn the page and we see like the police have arrived uh, and there's an ambulance there and some medical workers are checking on people to make sure they're okay and you see a couple of uh, uh, police officers have Duskowitz like in handcuffs and are leading him away uh, and you see there is like a uh, a bandage wrapped up around his head and over that eye that he was holding earlier um, and as they're leading him into the, the van uh, one detective Randall Walks over to you. Uh, she says, um, "Thanks for your work today. Um, Good job, detective. I mean, uh, Grant. Uh, what? What exactly are you going by nowadays?" It's okay, Rebecca. You can you can call me Grant. All right. Well, um. Thanks uh, for today. I just wish I could have gotten here sooner.
1: Might have saved all these people. uh, A lot of hardship. A lot of pain.
0: Well, I'm sure they feel differently. And she, like, motions behind you, and you see this uh, crowd of people, like, swarming around you, and we see Grant, like, a... exalted above these people. Somehow the artist has drawn him like up above these people next to Rebecca and all these people are like clamoring and raising their hands to you and we see like all these different text boxes merging into one and it just says thank you bearer," and it has like the huge logo of your name there in the text bubble and then we turn the page to the final page of this issue and we are inside that ambulance carrying uh, Professor Duskowitz. And we see the the medical attendees all around him. We see him kind of strapped down in handcuffs. Uh, that bandage over his eye. Uh, and then we see a panel that's closer to his face. And then a panel that's even closer to his face. And we see that behind the folds of the fabric of that bandage, we see just little glowing dark light. In the shape of an eye bleeding through. And we just see a little weak text box that says, Yes. And then down at the bottom of that panel we see, To be continued in Tales to Inspire, Issue 1. End of episode. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Tales to Inspire. We'll be back with our next episode in two short weeks. If you have social media, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Like and follow us at Misconceptions Pod for up to date information about the show, behind the scenes pictures, and just to show us your general positive feelings about the show. We also have a Discord. You can click the link below to join our Discord so that you can chat with other friends of the show and chat with other cast members directly. We also have an email. If you would like to contact us that way, you can email us at MisconceptionsPod at gmail.com. This show is fully supported by the generous monthly donations of our patrons on Patreon. If you would like to join that elite group of supporters and gain access to exclusive content, please consider joining our Patreon. The Tells to Inspire theme song was composed by Esteban Del Pino. You can find out more about his music on slash IAM underscore. W-A-K-E. Torchbearer was played by Phil Montgomery, who can be found at BMC Philanthropy on Twitter. And I'm David White, your editor-in-chief. You can find me at MrBananasocks on Twitter. The role-playing game system used in this production was a modified version of the Worlds in Peril role-playing game by Sam Joko Publishing, Tales to Inspire is a product of the Misconceptions Podcast Network. Find out more about our other shows and buy cool merch at misconceptionspod.com. And that's it for this week's episode of Tales to Inspire. Thank you so much for listening. And keep it nerdy, y'all.